Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. This is episode two in your older student series that I am doing as we prepare to head back to school. I know we are fully in summer mode and don't want to think about it, but I do know that many of you do go back in early August. And the fact that you are listening to this episode, you might be listening to it in September and not be listening to it when it released in August. But if you are listening to it when it was released, you are a little bit interested to hear what I have to say. If you have not already listened to last week's episode all about keeping older students motivated and why they might not be motivated to work with you, I highly recommend you go check in that one out. You don't have to stop here. It's not like that. It's not like building upon each other like that. But I do recommend you go making sure you check out that episode and stay tuned for the next few weeks as I do release an episode every week all about working with older speech students. And I do have something super, super amazing coming in the near future. So make sure you are following me on Instagram, opening my emails because you are going to want to know what's going on. Anyway, so this week's episode is all about mistakes SLPs tend to make when working with older speech students. I get it. We try our best. We have a lot on our plate working with older ones. We, we don't taught this in graduate school. We're human. We're SLPs. We aren't superheroes, right? So it, it happens. We got to brush it off. But I want to bring to light some of the mistakes I found that either I have made or SLPs I know have made, and maybe we can learn from them together and prevent them from happening this school year. Okay. Working with older students comes with different challenges than working with the younger ones. The younger ones might not be aware of their differences. They're still motivated. They love just getting any sort of attention. They're willing to work for a sticker. 
The older ones don't have that, doesn't come with that kind of ease. I will say it does have some benefits though. You're not working, worrying about like potty training and boogers, although you might have some booger issues. But anyway, they demonstrate different behaviors. They've been receiving speech for many years and we want to keep them motivated, right? Like I said, the last episode, I talked about how to keep them motivated. So whether you're a brand new SLP, starting with an older student population, or are you making a switch to older ones, or are you just looking to get inspired and make sure you're not making these mistakes, let's jump into it. So mistake number one, you think your older students are too old for games. They are not. They love it. It doesn't need to be Candyland, although they love that too. They might not want to openly admit it in front of their peers, but it's okay to have fun with them. Like I said last week, learning is a struggle. Learning is a challenge. They're very aware and frustrated about their learning. We're pulling them out of maybe a fun subject that's something that they that might be the one thing they might have had a chance of being good at. We, we want to make our rooms warm and exciting and fun and motivating. It's okay to play games. You don't have to do it every single day. Let them get a different experience each time they walk into your therapy room. Some days it might be a worksheet and that's okay. I always have a sign on my door that says like, okay, you're not allowed to ask what we're doing today and you're not allowed to ask if you're playing a game. If you ask it, we're not doing it. But they know that sometimes at the end of a period, I might, like a session, I might play Kahoot with them just to motivate them. It might be like a guestly video game. It doesn't even have to be related to the activity. It could be their reinforcer. It could be their sticker. Okay, competition is motivating for them. Okay, just because they aren't playing games in their academic classrooms doesn't mean that we have to be serious like their social studies teacher or their ELA teacher. We could be that one period of their day where it's going to be a little bit more laid back and fun. It's not going to be so serious and firm and mean, you know? Okay, so some of my favorite games, I love Stare Jr., I love Balderdash. Scategories is very hard. I find Scategories is very hard for my... I love just using Jenga. I love using Uno. Connect Four. They're motivated by it. So why not use it? And virtually, I like using Kahoot, Blukit, Bamboozle. There's WordNet. There's so many virtual games that you can use. Anything to just let them have a little fun while learning. It makes them more willing to take those risks. Okay, so mistake number two. You assume that you should use grade level material. I hate when I see on IEPs that the student will do XYZ at their grade level. If we're expecting them by the end of the year to be at grade level, they're not like, they're ready to be like graduate and be done. Most likely they're receiving services maybe from you and from others because they're performing below grade level. They might be reading two, three levels below. If you keep bringing them grade level materials, they're going to shut down. They're going to say, this is too hard. They might be embarrassed it's too hard, and they might just give you some negative behaviors that you don't want to be experiencing. They might do avoidance. They might ask to go to the bathroom. They might try to goof off and act out so this way none of their peers know that it's too hard for them. We want to teach them skills and concepts at their level. So don't be afraid to look in their IEPs, ask their reading teacher, ask their ELA teacher, hey, what reading level are they at? Look on their IEP or in their file for the latest education evaluation or some sound letter recognition and comprehension numbers. The information is there for you. If they're receiving services, they were getting, they got an ed eval at some point. It might be a few years old, but it's a good starting point. So use that. Yes, we want to make sure our materials we're using isn't too cute. So they might be reading at a first grade level in seventh grade. You're not going to bring in a first grade material 
but you can use first grade level words and or use pictures, use something else so that it's not so babyish. And that's why I've been creating tons and tons and tons of resources on Teachers Pay Teachers that is simplified language, simple sentences with harder concepts. This way you can work on those harder concepts with an easier thing to read. And I always tell my students, if we're doing like a task card activity, I'll be like, if, when it's their turn, they don't always, they don't have to read. This is not reading class. We're working on the comprehension. So I always say, do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it to you? I always give them that option. This way they're not embarrassed to read out loud. I also love using News ELA and Tween Tribune. Both of those have the options to change the lexile. So you can simplify it. It's the same exact article at different levels. So you can easily modify it and they don't know that you did that. And any, like if I print out something from like readworks.org, which says like the grade level, I always white it out. I don't let them know that like I'm giving them a second grade article. So don't be afraid to white out. <laughs> okay, mistake number three. You assume your students have seen or heard it before, right? They must have learned about categorization. They must have learned about context clues. No, don't assume. They might have heard it in their classroom. Like even, what is a summary? What is main idea? Don't assume. Don't start out your lesson like, hey, we're going to be doing main idea. You've heard about this before. Even if you did it the last session, remind them. Review. Repetition is great for everyone, okay? Just because they were exposed to it and it was presented to them before doesn't mean it's stuck and they remember. If they did it and they can recall it independently, they wouldn't need you to be working on it, right? So present information and strategies like it was the very first time. Hey, has your teacher ever said to you, what is this all about when you're reading an article, a story? That's the main idea. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a really hard time expressing it. And I'm going to give you a strategy that helps me. When I have to say the main idea, I want to say one sentence. I just say, who was it about and like what happened to them? They might have heard about main idea, but they didn't know how to do it. It might not have made the connection of... If they don't know how to do it, they're not going to put the connection of the label to the to the skill, okay? And even if it was you that presented in the past, maybe last week, don't assume they remember, okay? So mistake number four, you're too serious. Like, yes, we want our students to take us seriously. We don't want to have negative behaviors. We want to have our students give us respect. We want to have rules that they follow. But it's okay. We need to be approachable. Like I said last week and this week, we want our room to be warm and inviting. And if we're too, too serious, our students are not going to be willing to take those risks that we want them to do, okay? Our students won't want to work with us when things get tough, especially if like you're making them read or write. Like, oh my God, they're going to be like, not for you. And that's when they're going to ask to go to the bathroom or try to be silly or act out or who knows what they'll do. We want to be respected yet fun. I always start off, you know, the beginning of the year, Boone's in that rapport, showing them like, these are the rules. If you follow them, we can have fun in here. I'm not a Grinch. I'm not here to torture them, that I'm here to help them, okay? We can have fun as long as the work gets done, okay? And you got to stick with that. If you say we're not going to play the game because you're acting out, you have to stick to your word. They'll learn very quickly that, oh, Miss Speech Teacher over there said we're not going to play a game, but I know she's going to play the game because... That's what she had planned on her lesson plan, right? They're going to know that, okay? So don't be afraid to have that, you know, when they're walking in the room while you're waiting for the other students to arrive, ask them about their weekends. Ask them how things are going. Share with them a little bit about you, opening up to them about what you did as well. They, they would like to learn more about you as well. So don't be afraid to have fun with them, tell jokes, laugh with them, 
be silly sometimes. I've stood up and done the floss or some other TikTok moves and they laughed. They might've been laughing at me, but some of them were laughing with me and it showed them that, hey, Mrs. Sherman can be fun too. Okay, mistake number five. You don't tap into their strengths and their interests. Like if you, if you have students interested in sports, use it. If you have students into dinosaurs, use it. It might not be something you're into. It might be hard, but use what they are interested in, okay? You don't have to feel like you only can do drilling. You only have to use super duper fun decks or whatever worksheet that you can find on Teachers Pay Teachers. There are so many resources now available between like Tween Tribune and News ELA and YouTube. You can find something tapping into their interests. All you have to do is Google it. Like if you have someone who is into art and you're working on social skills, find an origami video on how to make origami and then have them teach each other how to do origami and then share their presentations about what they made. And yes, it might be one interest of one student in the group, but rotate. This week, we're going to be doing Johnny's interest of art. Next week, we'll do soccer. And that's why like, I love in the beginning of the school year doing those like all about me kind of things. So you really get to learn what they're into. Okay. You know, bring in sports stats to practice the language of math if they're into sports. If they're into video games, use video games to describe a sequence of events or problem and solution. There are so many possibilities. The more that you bring in that they're interested in, the more willing they will be to work hard for you and to work hard on tricky things that are challenging and not fun for them. Okay. Don't be afraid to ask them what they're interested in and keep asking throughout the year. Their interests might change. And you might be surprised to find out some of their interests that you might not have ever thought of. Like I had a student that told me he was into like sloths or some strange animal. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go with this. Okay. So I hope these five mistakes that I have made and other SLPs have made will help you not make these mistakes this school year when it comes to working with your older speech students. And some of these can also help you with your younger speech students as well. It's all about making your speech room warm and inviting and comfortable and showing your students that you're there for them and that learning can be fun as long as we get the job done. So I hope you found this helpful. Until next week, when we have another episode all about working with older speech students. And like always, I end my episodes with a joke. And since it's all about interests, and being fun. Why are cats so good at video games? Because they have nine lives. <laughs> but I'm ching. All right, guys. Until next week, stay out of trouble. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys. Have fun, guys.